Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 128 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC Ephrase. And on this episode, we are joined by Matt Rodriguez, CEO and founder of Ball is Life. Matt, welcome to the podcast, man. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. We're uh, we're excited to talk to somebody who um, has started one of the most influential brands in basketball man we're we're excited we have a lot of uh we got some serious questions we got some fun questions we got some maybe controversial questions and then you're gonna hit us with the uh hot take of the of the night which we're excited for um but let's jump in man take us you know for the people that don't know because i didn't know i did a lot of research obviously before this episode but take us back to may 2005 you launched ball's life um how did this idea come about was this an idea on the back of a napkin did how did this happen and then the second part is did you imagine 17 years later you'd be where you're at right now so the idea of it happened when myself and a group of friends we obviously we love basketball um but we're i think i was 19 at the time and we would visit websites and back then like there wasn't really like a youtube where you can watch a video that plays in a page yeah and of course we didn't have smartphones so you had to download a video to watch the video so there used to be this website i can't remember the exact url but it was like n one dot something z that was a weird url and then there was some and like <clears throat> and basically people would post their mixtapes on there uh, of like they would they would download uh nba videos and then make their own mixtape um, on NBA players. So we would watch it on there. We also watched like the M1 mixtapes. Um, and we were just like, man, like this, that website is cool because we could download the videos, but what if we made it better and, and had like a, a website where it's like any type of basketball, you could post content on it. Like even if we go and film like our own content and, eventually film like high school games because we used to hear these stories about these players, whether they were has-beens or could-have-beens or Hall of Famers, whatever it may be, when they're in high school doing these like incredible things uh, when they're a high school player. So for us, we wanted to be able to like visually show those stories. That way it doesn't have to be like by word of mouth, even though some of those word of mouth stories are like, mythological stories like yeah. oh the guy took a quarter off the top of the backboard or he i remember that one yeah vince so, carter so like, did, like didn't vince carter sports. supposedly do that i'm not sure <clears throat> i know going viral uh was basically just word of mouth <laughs> back in the yep, day and hearing much. something and then it was the truth <laughs> yeah that happened yep and and obviously along with that and along this 17 year ride pretty much mixtapes of there's really been a massive transition. And I think obviously even back then, it's the only really the best players got mixtapes. I know that was a point of controversy recently with Austin Rivers and Mo Bamba and, and everything. But and 
said, I know Austin Rivers saying now it, it seems like everyone has them. What What's your take on you know, the current state of mixtapes and what we've kind of the point that we've gotten to today in terms of just basketball content that's out there? I did. I think it depends on how you look at it. So for us, um, for us, for one, we still do only do mixtapes on the top players. Uh, but there's a lot of other entities out there compared to us. Um, and then I think it's what you what you know is a mixtape versus what's just like a highlight collage. Um, today we produce a lot more highlights than we do mixtapes just because the platforms call for that. Um, and it's like, I was even looking today and it's, it's crazy that uh, we're talking about the history of ball of life, but in like 2013 or 14, we averaged like over three, almost three and a half million page views on our website. Like if we had that today, we would be like one of the top sports websites in the country, but because of social media growing and these platforms that produce a lot of, or we produce video to put on their platforms. I'll say that um, the way they've grown and the way they like switch things up on you, like things like the algorithms, you can only do so much. You have to do whatever the platform does. So for us, we used to produce only the best content. So when we first started, yeah, you would see a video on a player from a whole season of games. Like when I filmed DeMar DeRozan in his senior year, I filmed all of his games, like every single one of them. I traveled around, spent my own money to go and film those games. And then we put together like a five, six minute video. So that was probably like over 30 games. That's like 30 hours of footage. Oh. But a six minute video is created off of that. So it's like a different <clears throat> ball game to, to today where it's like we're putting stuff out in almost real time. It's not really a mixtape anymore. We're not going through and taking the best highlight possible and finding like a great beat that goes with it and really just mixing it up. Like that's that's like what a true mixtape is. And then today you have people that make money off of making mixtapes like directly from a parent or a player. Um, and that's still a mixtape, but it's just a different, it's, a, it's like a different category yeah. to what we were making when we came up. Like to this day, I've never taken money from somebody to make a mixtape. We just made it because like, Hey, we want to show off your talents. So I agree with Austin to a sense, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to talk down on somebody on the way they make money. Like it's, totally. we, we all make money in our own way. And um, whether it's something that I really love and I have a passion for, or whether it's something that somebody feels a certain way about. <clears throat> you mentioned obviously DeMar DeRozan. We've got, obviously there's, I think some iconic ones that come to mind. Is there, do you have your own sort of Mount Rushmore of mixtapes over the years? Are there, what are the kind of the, the major ones that really stick out to you above the rest over, over this, uh, over the 17 years? Yeah. So mine would be Cesar Guerrero's eighth grade mixtape when he was going into uh, freshman year. He's just, it was the first time I saw him. It was at a spring league and he was actually playing with DeMar. Um, and it was just this little kid with crazy handles doing all these like flashy passes and like spin moves and crossing people up. And it's like, he had the ball literally on a yo-yo string. And that's my favorite thing is, is handles. So when yeah. we made that video, it, it went like for back then viral, like right away. Um, and then we followed him throughout like his entire high school career. Another one would be like Marcus Levette. Like that, that guy used to cross the shit out of people in, <laughs> in high school. Like it was, it was bad. Um, and then DeMar's senior year, that one was a little different because, 
um, for, for me, at least I filmed every single game, had like a really good relationship with the whole team, members of the school, the parents, et cetera, traveled around with them everywhere. <clears throat> um, and then in addition to that, we rolled out like new features with that mixtape that YouTube dropped at that time. I think they removed them since, but we, it was like our first time making a mixtape that almost had like a DVD menu in it. Um, so you could like fast forward into his senior year mixtape, or you could watch like his junior year mixtape, or you could watch like his summer mixtape, but that was all in one thing on a YouTube video. And they had these things called like annotations that you could use and skip to and from different parts yeah. of the video. Yep. And I think they kind of still have it around today, but it's not the same as what it was back then. Like you used to have literal buttons like in the video. Yep. And then they took it away. But it was just experimental for us. It was really fun to do. So we were able to just like show everything in one video, which was fun for us. Um, another one would be the ankle breaker series, just because, again, I love handles, seeing people get crossed up. Um, and then actually uh, the guy you brought up, Austin Rivers, I think he had a really good mixtape oh, yeah. too. Yeah, <clears throat> his was his was tough. I absolutely love it. I think the only I loved, and this is maybe it's personal to me, I, Brandon Jennings. Oak Hill yeah. that was I mean that was and to just that time obviously around like the and one mixtapes and obviously you had street ball and you had it was it was such a huge part of the culture and and obviously it's it's not the exact same landscape that we have today but I, I mean even with dial-up internet I remember and just get home <laughs> and load up these videos yep. and then I'm just watch them on repeat because like once I have it loaded up I'm just gonna loop it again yep yep yeah, and one DVDs like that saying. If you say that to an eighteen-year-old kid, they're like, "What? What'd you just say? Did you sneeze? Like, what the hell are you talking about?" Um, <laughs> that's a good five. That's a good five. Um, I want to transition to your All-American game, and from the outside looking in, it seems like, and it certainly still seems like, kind of a natural progression for you guys. You guys are following the top high school players across the country, you're filming them, you're creating content, you know, okay, what could we do? We could have our own game. So that part I think makes sense. I, I'm curious to know, like, you know, you you then had to compete with the Burger Boy game, right? Like that's no joke. Like McDonald's All-American game was the standard. So I'm curious as, you know, maybe you're approaching that decision and you want to get in that arena. What was that like? And then what did you try and do to make it different so that you could attract some of the top talent to come to your game? I mean, the whole point was to compete with those events um, because we were kind of frustrated at the process that, of like selecting kids for those events. So the first year we did it, the West Coast was like pretty much non-existent in the game. And that happened a lot when we were coming up and we just were just kind of like, well, we've been following all these kids. Like, why don't we put on a game? that they can come out to. And like, that's how it really started. It was more of just, we just felt like there was, it's supposed to be an East versus West game, right? Then why is it mainly East versus East, but you're putting <laughs> a West on their, their Jersey. Yep. So for us, it was, it was really frustrating when we would see that just cause we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of pride in who we follow and it's not just West coast pride. It's, we have people all over the country that follow these players and we want to, uh, we want to see them get the notoriety they deserve, especially if we're watching them from the point of their like middle school up to uh, going into college and, and beyond. So, is there, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So when we did that, that first one, 
we maybe had like a hundred people there. And then fast forward, like a few years after that, um, they finally, the NCAA removed the rule where you could only play in two senior all-star games because mm. they used to do that. Um, and then in 2014, we got a lot more top players and then it just kept growing from there and it, like sell out crowds to like, we had Kendrick Lamar actually perform at halftime in 2012 in That's front of like hundred people. It was only like a hundred people there. Like there was, there was nobody there, but he was performing at halftime. So it was just, it was, a, it was something that, uh, I would say is what we've kind of always done as like a, a media brand is like, if we want to do something, we just go and do it. We don't wait for a sponsor to come in or for somebody to come help out with it. Like, nah, if I need to like fold that chair right there, I'm just going to go fold that chair. <clears throat> Love it. Is there one that sticks out to you? Obviously, I mean, looking back all the way to 2011 and some of these games, and even just looking at the, 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 some of the record holders right now, Stanley Johnson, with the most points in 2014, I was at a modern day. Is there anyone that, stood out to you that maybe showed out even more than you expected them to in one of these games, or is there a certain game that, that really sticks out to you that was the absolute pinnacle of, of the all American game for you guys? Yeah, I would say one that definitely sticks out is I think it was 2013 and I have this photo over there, but it's when Zach Levine played in our game mm. and Zach was a top 100 player, but he was not a one and done player. Like nobody thought he was going to be a one and done player going to UCLA. Like they got a steal. Um, but he went in our dunk contest and literally did the same dunks he did in the NBA dunk contest. Um, so like when we posted this uh, video of him from our dunk contest, like everybody was reaching out from like all the major media sources around the country. And it was on all of their channels, like ESPN, CBS sports, like national CBS sports, not local. And by the time he got to UCLA, like they started talking about him being a one and done just because of his athleticism. And then he played and then he was one and done. And I, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to go like on out on a limb and say this, but I, I'm pretty sure the coaches were expecting him to stick around for longer than one season. So when, when he got there and he already had like all this notoriety um, and then he just he had a pretty decent season, it was time for him to move on to the NBA. So that was one of my favorite ones. And then, I also liked the year after that, we had Donovan Mitchell there. Mm. And Donovan was a really good kid. We had a lot of top players that year, um, probably one of our better years. And, like, everything Donovan was doing, he was just giving 110%. So anytime I see that guy, like, being successful, I'm just really happy for him because he wasn't in any of the other games. He was only in the ball as I fall American game. Um, so it's like when we get to find somebody that these other events don't find – it's like a huge like pat on our back. Like, like, yeah, like we know how to select players too. <clears throat> no. And it's funny you bring that up. So I ironically, while I guess it would have been Donovan's senior year, junior year, I actually worked for the Mets with it and his dad uh, still works for the team. And I'll never forget sitting there. There's like a blood drive and his dad is so proud of his son showing highlights, like of his son and everyone's like, always, oh, he's, he's going to be like a division one player. Like, yeah, he's super. And obviously like jumps off the page athletically, but, no one expected what he no. is now. The the every year is going to be an all star. He's dropping seventy points in the Cavs. Um, so it's 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 pretty incredible, especially for you guys. I mean, really that that ground being at that ground level and be able to capture that and see that really firsthand before the rest of the world. Yep. And I'm curious. Obviously, we talked a little bit earlier just about obviously the birth of the site. 
And obviously, whether it's, I mean, since then, there's, you've had YouTube, you've had Instagram, Facebook, and, and really now TikTok. What platform, and, and I'm assuming probably YouTube naturally, but maybe each unique in, in their own ways, what platform has really created the, the biggest growth in, in basketball content for you guys? Um, I think initially YouTube for sure. Um, and then it was starting to be Twitter and now it's, it's like Instagram, <clears throat> but for me, I like, I don't really care for any of the platforms. And the reason why I don't care for the platforms at all is because like they've turned us into something that has to rely on them. Um, and they're called social media and they don't like they've scaled so big that there's no way of protecting content and, and users on their platforms to where like if I don't let's say we post a video on YouTube you can take that video and post it on Twitter and you can say it's yours and there's nobody there to say Are you, is this really yours is this your video are you sure and you can monetize that too and say it's yours and there's no checks and balances on any of these platforms so for me it's just like it's really tough because we put a lot of resources, time, effort, and energy into everything we're doing. Um, and these platforms are just so big that there's really no proper way of doing things that they do. Um, and then uh, additionally, when they're selling advertisements across their platforms and they're not sharing that with any of the content creators and the outlets that have to use their platforms. Like if we don't, like a news, news outlet, if a news outlet does not use Twitter, a user can just go and post whatever is on the article on that news outlet's website. And then what's the point of that news outlet? So they have to post on Twitter, not because they want to, because they have to post on that platform. And even though their revenues drop, they still have to post on that platform. And that goes for anybody else that uses these, these spaces. And I know like you can try to use whatever methods you have with the sales team to sell things across these different platforms. But at the end of the day, like you don't really have a whole lot of control with what you put on those platforms. So for me, I don't really want to give love to any one of them to say one's better than the other uh, for the basketball content we create. <clears throat> no, I, I, it's, it's a really, really interesting viewpoint of it because it, it, it does make a ton of sense. And I, I my follow-up question that I was going to be is how much, it's interesting. I, it's something that I never expected to dive into. I, I was really intrigued over the past couple of months of really learning. I was with Mr. Beast on YouTube and just how big and how he got so big. And so much of that, especially on YouTube and, and all these platforms, the algorithm dictating really how the content is shaped. And if it's got to be under 14 minutes or over 14 or what the thumbnail or the title has to be and how much have you seen, especially at least the algorithm of each platform, just adjusting and shaping how content is, is being created and, and produced? A tremendous amount. They make one little tweak in everything you've been working on for the prior year that was going really, really good is you have to throw it out the window. So it's like, it's not even up to you for what you create anymore. It's, it's up to them. Um, and even when you're following a kid in high school and Falls Life is the main entity that's been following kids in high school. Oh yeah. Somebody can just pick up a camera and go, go film a video. And then all of a sudden their video pops up right next to ours as a related video. Like I can't, I can't get that type of growth when I first started, like 
Yeah. When we first started like back in 2007, like there was none of that happening. Like it was literally ground level and you just had to keep pushing stuff out and try to get as many fans as you can to watch your stuff. Now it's just like, oh, I can film Mikey Williams too. And guess what? It's going to be right next to Ball's Life's video that has a lot of views. And now they're going to see my channel. So now we're all just watching each other's videos on each one of these channels. And, and it's just, for me, it's really, it's kind of stupid. Um, because now you're just feeding everybody the same content across multiple channels. And what is the point of me spending all my time and resources to have grown to where we've gotten to on your platform? Yeah, man, it's interesting. So if you read about, I mean, you, this is your world, so I'm sure you know about it, but the, you know, sports consumption and how people consume sports and how people watch it, it's a, chi I, I don't feel like this has been said, but it's like a chicken or the egg thing. We say that Gen Z prefers watching sports in quick bites, 30 second, 40 second mixtape. I don't want to watch the whole Knicks game. Just tell me what happened in two minutes. Is that because they grew up on platforms or do they actually prefer that? Like, if you ask me, I'm watching the whole game. I don't want to watch. I'm going to miss it if you give me a two-minute snippet. I don't want to watch that. Now, my consumption has shifted. And I think the reason I bring that up is because I think, like most of us, we have a semi-addiction to this freaking iPhone. And I consume that's what is available. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, do you think Gen Z's habits – are a result of them just growing up with it in their hand almost from birth? Or do you think that's actually how they prefer to watch it? No, it's definitely attributed to how they've consumed content on these platforms. Cause I mean, even with these platforms too, like you can even go a bit further and say, well, am I really watching the things I want to watch or am I watching things that the platform is telling me I should watch? So mm -hmm. now it's appearing on my feed. Because yep. before, if I followed you two, and let's say you're the only ones I followed, I should only see your posts, right? Now Dang. I'm seeing all these other people's posts on my platform for topics I don't even give two shits about. Like, <laughs> like I could care less. But somehow I'm inside their target audience of how they want to push this stuff to me. Um, and there's many times where I'm really close to interacting with it because they're trying to they're trying to get me. To, to interact with it. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not going to interact with it. But it's just, I think we need to go back to being able to choose what we watch again. Like mm -hmm. if I have 3 million subscribers on, on YouTube, like why can't my subscribers see if I released a new video? Why is it only going out to like a small percentage of them? What's the point of a subscriber at that point? We should all just have zero subscribers, right? Hmm. So it's, it's, there's just been too many changes on these platforms that really only help the platform to like bring people in at a very low cost mm -hmm. that just keep producing more content. That way it keeps you on, on your toes, like moving forward. Like, Oh, well, if, if, if I don't do this, like that person's going to do it and then they're going to get notoriety for doing it. So it's just, it's very, it's a very tough space uh, to be in. Cause again, like one day you could be doing something so freaking good. And no matter what, they make a change and it, it doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't matter what you've done anymore. Yeah. So we want to post like mixtapes, for instance, but I can't post a three minute video on YouTube anymore. I can't, I can't three post minutes. one on Twitter that's, either. That's how, three <laughs> yeah. minutes. And that's, you're talking about the best highlights from somebody's whole year 
in three minutes, which should be epic, right? I can't post that. It will not be seen by enough people. So, so you would, well, okay. So talk to us about the strategy. Will you post a three minute video and then 30 second clips of that three minute video or not even post the three minutes at all? No, it depends on the platform. So I would say there's probably a little more wiggle room on somewhere like Facebook, but on platforms like Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, it's really hard to post a three minute video you probably have to be like a minute or under. Yep. 60 seconds. That's our attention. You can't, you can't do much of six. You can't even have a good hook at the beginning of the video. Exactly. 60 seconds. I know. Um, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to a day. I can throw my iPhone in the ocean. I'm I'm still too addicted. (laughs) Um, let's switch gears to the NBA all-star game. So they just, it was just announced this morning. I think it was front office sports. Um, Lowest watched NBA All-Star game in, don't quote me, X amount of years, like a lot, like a good amount of time. Um, and now, you know, they're kind of framing it as like the NBA All-Star game is behind like the Pro Bowl and even like the MLB All-Star game in terms of significance. It's horrible and, to be below baseball. Yeah, real bad. If you're below baseball, you're doing a lot of things wrong. Um, <laughs> I love baseball too. So yeah. So that, that's crazy. what, what do you, what do we do? You know, what are your thoughts? How do we improve this? There's there's all sorts of hot takes. Like, what the hell do we do to make the NBA All-Star game good again? I think it's too hard. It's the, the guys are making so much money that, I mean, we have, we have constant talks of reducing the length of the season and load management. And, like, where was this, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago? Like nobody cared about any of that stuff. They just wanted to play ball. Like you go from talking about load management and reducing the games in the season versus when Jordan was on the set with Space Jam is I'm not going to do it unless you build me a court because I want to play. It's just two different. Yeah, two different worlds. I mean, I don't know if you saw Stan Van Gundy's tweet a couple months ago that like Durant responded to, but he basically was saying he's like, I'm not saying what the intent is wrong. But something is 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 amiss here because Jordan, the Bulls had one trainer that traveled with them that did everything, taped ankles, massage, everything. Now every player's got three health coaches and a personal coach and everything else and a dietary. shooting coach, dietary. And it's like, are we have we over engineered sports a little bit? And that's kind of what Stan was saying. And Durant agreed with him. He's like, maybe we are doing something wrong. So yeah, Jordan I don't know. Was- Jordan was smoking cigars and drinking beers after the game. And playing 18 holes in between. And still yeah. still going and playing 82 hard games and getting yeah. to the championship. So the like, thing which that's, one is yeah. better, right? And the thing that's crazy about it for me, too, is I don't know who commented this. It might have been um, it might have been on TV. It might have just been on social media I saw. But a lot of these some of these guys are playing harder in, like, pickup games in the offseason at Lifetime Fitness in, in New York or in some where, or like at UCLA where instead of like in a game and you talk about the, the legendary um, dream team scrimmage and before the Olympics, everyone says, oh, it was the best collection of basketball and they were going hard at each other. And we have the best, every year we have an event that puts the best collection of basketball together. But for whatever reason, whether that be load management, whether that just be, hey, we're, we're not into this, 
we're not getting an actual basketball game out of it, which is it's unfortunate as 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 basketball fans. I think it's just a it's a bad product. I hate to say it because I love basketball, but I'm also just trying to be real. And I think it's just a really bad product. I even think during the season, it's a pretty bad product. I don't even know when's the last time I watched an NBA game. I just oh, don't really I mean, care I, for. I know. I don't care for the way it's played today. Like, I'll just say that. Like, yeah. we brought streetball back on our platform, and I love it because it's very physical. There's a lot of trash talk. You're not getting kicked out of the game for getting in somebody's face. Like, it's okay to show some emotion, dude. Like, let, let somebody be a human once in a while. And let people play hard basketball. We don't we don't need to worry about uh, if somebody gets fouled, like how many games they're gonna miss, etc. Like, dude, it's a part of the game. You get paid a shit ton of money to play a game every day. Like, go and play hard for for how much you get paid and for how much these people are paying to come and watch you play. Could not could not agree more. And to shift back, obviously, to Ball's life before we, we wrap up, um, obviously, massive announcement. You guys recently completed $2.7 million round of fundraising. Um, it was Series A led by Oakville Sports and Invesco. And talk to us really about, um, A, the journey to this point, but then really what that funding will be used for and, and where you guys um, are, are looking to grow here in, in the near future. Yeah, so – Journey obviously has been a long one, um, but we wanted to find the right partner to do it with. Uh, where we were going out and raising for probably like the better part of like a couple of years, um, but in the outside capital world, there's definitely a lot of sharks, and people want to take a huge chunk out of something that you've helped create, um, and it's not. It's not me that created it. It's the whole team we have of people that love basketball and all the fans that like watching Ball's Life. So we wanted to ensure that um, we were able to do something with someone that still allowed us to push the vision that we have for Ball's Life as much as we could. So for us, it was really leaning more into a uh, inside sales team, which we've done over this past year, um, leaning into creating more opportunities for the people we're working with and putting a face to ball's life instead of just being a media brand. Cause many times people look at ball's life and like, oh, there's, it's just this big corporate entity and you know, we're still small. Like we we still operate with our hands in the mud, like getting things done really like, you know, the way we did in the past. Um, so with a lot of like the street ball teams we have or the guys that we have on these street ball teams today, some of them we filmed when, they played high school or played in the Drew League, et cetera. So, so creating opportunities for those guys to be a consistent face on ball is life means that you need them around enough so that when we do go and have brand deals uh, uh, direct with a client that we're using guys that our audience is very familiar with. And that's like really important in, in marketing. So for us, it was really just adding important pieces to the team and just helping really create more revenue opportunities with, with the stuff we're doing today. Because if you look at the platforms going back to again, right now, revenue on these platforms is down like an insane amount. We had revenue wise and I, Mr. Beast, as you brought up earlier, even posted this recently on one of his videos was horrendous 
in Q4 of last year. And Q4 is the best quarter all the yeah. time. Every year that we've been doing this, it's always the best quarter. It was one of the worst quarters across every single platform. Like it's like Twitter is, man, like I'll just say Twitter is by far the biggest one that is down year over year by a mile. And, and it's just a, a lot of stuff that's going on that's out of my control. Like we're doing what's right on these platforms, right? Yeah. Um, so for us having that sales team in here where we can go and create these revenue opportunities so that we can continue to create the content we're creating is super important for us. And then uh, bringing back the All-American game this year for the 10th year is really important. Um, adding a women's game in that that event as well this year is really important for us. And just continuing to elevate the space because we are the originators and people do watch what we do and try to emulate what we do. So just continuing to be a leader. I love it, man. All right, we're going to wrap up here with um, some rapid fire questions. Um, we threw a couple funny ones in there. I don't know why this second one is randomly coming up on Twitter as a debate again, but that's why we included it. Um, don't, you know, again, that goes back to the algorithms and somehow we're debating this, but a couple rapid fires and then we're going to end with a green light for a hot take. Now, before we get there, the hot take can be about anything. It can be about basketball, can be about a city that you love or hate, can be about food, um, whatever you want. So it can be a green light for a hot take anywhere. So let's let's jump in. Rapid fire, as quick answers as you could possibly uh, give us. First one, favorite player of all time? Jordan. Is Rondo a Hall of Famer? No. Yes, I agree. Uh, LeBron, I, I already know the answer because of your first one. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Best dunker of all time? NBA Vince Carter, non-NBA T-Dub. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, favorite sneaker of all time? Oh, you switched it up on me. I added that one late. I added that one late. Wow. Favorite shoe of all time? Hold on, I have it. Yes, let's go. That one, I think I thought of that one in the shower, and it wasn't on the list when I said it to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the yeah yeah tell hey if people aren't uh, if people aren't gonna watch this tell the tell the listeners at home what you put up the black and red elevens the green Brad elevens man those yeah. are awesome fire um, okay best basketball movie of all time uh, for me it would either be Hoosiers or Blue Chips I like Ooh. it I don't I think like we've it. gotten a Blue Chips answer that's good um, all right man this was uh, this has been great we appreciate you coming on this is this is your moment green light for a hot take. Just to give you another 10 seconds to think about it, the last green light hot take was that Macklemore was ahead of his time. And uh, Wait, so explain to me what a hot take is. Can be really That's quick. a hot take that Macklemore was ahead of his time and that if Macklemore dropped today, he'd be a top 10 artist. Like that was kind of the take. And we kind of looked at him. Maybe like, a little controversial, maybe just like not everyone agrees with, but you feel strongly about. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Hot take, huh? Um, hmm. It doesn't have to be basketball related, as we mentioned with Macklemore, which is just uh, <laughs> we're we're still we still, still bring that one up because that one that's hot. I'm a car guy, so I'm gonna say that a, a Camaro is a really shitty car. <laughs> okay, nice. Yep. I like that. So don't ever buy one. It's trash. Doesn't look good. There's barely any space inside. Get a Mustang. Mustang over Camaro. Okay. Camaro was the car of choice of the Ohio, the 2012 Ohio <laughs> men's basketball team for some reason. I don't pre NIL era. 
um, a couple Camaros. Who got a Camaro? Believe it was DJ Cooper and Evo Baltic each. They both had Camaros. Yeah, yeah a lot of on the brick streets of yellow? Athens too. There's no way that oh, I think we had a black one and uh, a couple black ones, but brick streets too. And why? Yeah, there's no way that was holding up. All right, so Team Mustang over Camaro. That's a good one. Um, awesome. Well, we appreciate you, Matt. Thank you for coming on. Um, good luck with everything this year, and uh, you know we'll have you on again, again soon at some point. We appreciate it. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rust, souls up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.